Welcome in to the Empire State of Sports Round 2. Back at you here, I'm Jackson Ojello. I'm Biko Scala. Here's what you know. Here's what you need to know in today's world of sports. Let's get it going with the New York Minute. Let you know what's coming up in today's episode. First off, Dick Pound says the Olympics are postponed. KD and friends got the Rona. Hate to see that. Rick Pitino back stateside coaching at Iona. Love to see that. And how COVID-19 could impact the eternally wounded New York Yankees. All that and more coming at you in this edition of the Empire State of Sports. Let's get it rolling. First things first here, before we, before we get into anything, Biko, COVID-19 has gone just wild here in New York. Just purely rampant. Yeah, it's all over the place, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's not what you want. That's not what you want. <laughs> it's not not ideal, not good. Stay, stay safe out there, everybody, for sure. You know, stay at home, whatever, whatever you need to do for, for you for you and your family out there. But in the world of sports, now another domino has fallen. The Olympics being postponed. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people saw coming. But a lot of people, including myself, were, were holding out hope that maybe that could be a, a pushed back during the time of this year as far as just a pure postponement. Yeah, as as far as I can see, I mean, our man Dick Pound, once again trending on Twitter, will trend on Twitter anytime he says absolutely anything to a reporter. I can't tell if that's marketing genius by them or absolute stupidity, and I, I am not sure. I go back and Yeah, forth. I'm going to side with genius. I'm, I'm of the... I'm of the party, any publicity is good publicity, and Dick Pound is definitely good publicity. I mean, no one's like, mad about like, Dick like, Pound. I found out that Dick Pound said something before I found out that the Olympics were postponed. Yeah, he is the story. <laughs> he, he, he is the story. Like That's what my Twitter timeline was. Dick Pound, coronavirus update, Olympics postponed. That, that was the order. Dick Pound was first. I don't know if that says something more about me or something more about the world. I'm not sure, but it, it that's what was the order. I had the exact same thing on mine. I, I it, it could be like minds think alike. It could just be, you know what, the world is like minds think alike when it comes to Dick Pound. Well, that, that could be a, both a good sign and a bad sign for the both of us, honestly. <laughs> we're, we're in the same camp, but is is that camp scary? Because, you know, it's, it's just the two of us here in this pod so as we extend it out to the outer world, I think you know maybe maybe other people could look down. on Yeah, it. they're not as big dick pounders as us. I could see that. <laughs> I think when when it first comes to mind, you look at us and you're like, oh, those guys, they get yeah. dick, dick, dick pound. <laughs> <laughs> big dick pound. Guys. When it comes to the actual matter of what dick pound is talking about, and and once you get past yes, of course. the name of dick pound, I mean. Yeah, I think the writing was on the wall here. Basically, any kind of sport is being canceled or postponed until the world can figure out, you know, how handling COVID-19 is going to go down. Um, I think especially still here in the U.S., things are going to get worse before they get better. And you just, there's no physical way you can bring the world to Tokyo or plan to bring the world to Tokyo in a couple months when the world's in a paralyzed state like it is right now. I mean, look, there are countries currently banning gatherings of more than two people. And this is the biggest gathering in the world that happens every four years. I'll tell you what, did you... I mean, you, I mean, you, yeah. you, just, can't you just can't do that. You can't break... Yeah, you really can't. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like plain and simple, you know, you you just... You can talk about all the logistics of it, but when you put it down 
pure, plain and simple, what happens with this disease? It spreads by a lot of people being near each other and together, and you don't always know when you have it. Well, can't really have something that brings together millions of people. Yeah, I think if the MAC is canceling their collegiate basketball tournament, it's definitely time for the Olympics to follow suit. If a gathering of, you know, a couple, no no disrespect to the MAC, no disrespect to the MAC, I won't won't put that hate on their name. Never. But, you know, obviously a much smaller scale in the Olympics. So if that type of event's getting canceled, this, it it just had to happen. It's not a, it's obviously a sad thing. We'd all love to see the Olympics. I love the Olympics, love the basketball, love the ping pong, love the water polo. The summer one's definitely better than the Olympics for me. It's the best Olympics is the summer, but it's what had to happen. Yeah, I've got a I've got a soft spot a soft spot in my heart for the Winter Olympics just because there are some really cool events. But I mean, you got to be a fool if you'd say you'd rather have the Winter Olympics than the Summer Olympics. I mean, just for pure joy, I'm a summer guy all around. All right, we also got some news, other news here for you. Rick Pitino, he's not being a fool. He's staying in school because actually he's going back to school. He's going back to Iona. Going to coach some college basketball once again after being in Greece, oddly enough, for a bit. Rick Pitino back in the NCAA, that's just good for basketball. I mean, it's it's what you love to see. I think it was the right time for him to step away and and head to Greece for a few seasons. And, and he was coaching at, I I don't think I can even pronounce it. It was like Paleontopolis. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not worth it. That's my, that's my, that's my shot right there. Paleontopolis. Uh... Yeah, I am so happy, not only that he is back in college basketball, but that he is back in the state of New York, the the once assistant coach of Syracuse University for a year, still in upstate, well, still in New York, taking taking over Iona, and you want to talk about some action, that is some action right there. That's some big daddy action. That's a, that's big daddy action. And something you mentioned before, you, you, you said... Uh, you know, Patino's back. I hope it's going to be a mess at Iona. And I tell you what, it's always a mess with Rick Patino, whether it's Iona or Olive Garden. A little PFT there for you. It's it's going to be a mess. <laughs> they, they they are going to do two things. Two things. They're going to win basketball games, and they are going to hand check like there is no tomorrow. That is the the staple of a Rick Patino basketball team. Is those a couple of pesky guards, which is exactly exactly what Rick Pitino loves. He loves those like New York City scrappy type hard-nosed guards. He already has one there in a transfer from Minnesota where, oddly enough, his son coached, or still coaches, uh, in Isaiah Washington, who is the the founder of the Jelly Fam. Actually, people remember that movement from a couple of summers ago with the the little fillet with the the wrist and the layup gang. He's got some talent. He he could be a good fit for him. I think... it's hard to argue against Patino having success. It's also hard to argue against potential issues surrounding that. It is an Adidas school. Not trying to throw any shade at Adidas. Just pointing out a pure fact that it is an Adidas school. And we, we have seen some potential issues with Adidas in the past. You know, at, at Bill's self, potentially as well. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not calling people out. I'm just pointing facts. We've seen... We've seen some tension and some issues. Yeah, we're a facts only podcast here. We're we're pro facts. Uh, we yeah, gotta yeah. we gotta put that down in stone that 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 we we support facts here on the Empire State of Sports. Well, 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 we're helping the world of media. You know, in this coronavirus age, the madness going on. There's a lot of misinformation out there. 
and whatnot, and we're not we're gonna be a part of the right kind of media. That's who we are. That's what we are. That's what we stand for, really. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, besides just the excitement of having Rick Pitino and everything that Rick Pitino brings to the NCAA back coaching basketball, the past the last few years that he was at Louisville, I hated watching Syracuse play Louisville. Louisville's defense was like the 2-3 zone on steroids. I mean, he was switching from zone to man-to-man, mid-possession, from possession to possession. Uh, it was really stifling and really tough to watch, so I'm excited to see him bring that in. You know, not at the powerhouse Louisville-Kentucky-ACC-type school, but at Iona and see what he can do in the MAC. Because all things aside, Rick Pitino has been an unbelievably successful collegiate basketball coach. Not so much in the NBA, but in, in collegiate basketball, he's been an absolute whiz. And, and I'm really excited to see what he can bring back to a smaller school. Another thing people were excited about coming into this year is the, the New York Yankees and what was going to happen potentially in this coming season. But that keeps getting pushed down the line, obviously with a much bigger cause at hand. But another thing that might affect the Yankees here now is Florida is on the verge of a potential lockdown. And what that would mean is that you're not really supposed to exit your home or really be conducting any of the major forms of non-necessary or non-vital or essential forms of living, which could hurt some of the Yankees down in Florida currently at George M. Steinbrenner facilities in getting some treatment and getting back on track at the right times. Now, this won't, this probably won't affect some of your major A-listers, obviously, with like an Aaron Judge or something. They can get their treatment on their own in their own time and their own places, but some of your guys like a Clint Frazier or something, they could be affected by this. Sorry, I got the old uh, FaceTime request from my buddy. I had to X that puppy out. This is this is business <laughs> only. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. And you have guys, it especially affects guys like Clint Frazier and Mike Talkman, um, who were coming into the year with Judge and Stanton Hurt. And they were, you know, April, May, possibly into June. They were going to have to carry a significant load for this Yankees team. And... there's so many different ripple effects that that this all brings about. Part of it being, you know, Aaron Judge can rehab a little more from his punctured lung and his broken rib, and maybe he's ready by the time baseball comes in. Sure, he's not rehabbing at George M. Steinbrenner, but just time to heal and rest for some of the big guns that the Yankees had, it, it helps the Yankees probably in the long run, but it hurts some of those... Some of those young studs like Frazier and, and Talkman who are going to get some significant, significant playing time, especially early in the season. And those are guys, you know, especially with some of these other injuries you're seeing with the Yankees and, heck, what you saw last season, those are guys you very well could need and were looking to use, especially at different parts of this season and with different parts of this team. And you want them to be able to come back healthy to have that stellar depth that the Yankees were known for last season with the next man up mentality. Yeah, and I mean, you even think, as as I'm just, I'm especially thinking about this outfield, even Aaron Hicks, a guy that I completely forgot about, for for the most part, he could be back much sooner than later now because of this, this delay. So there's, there's a lot of ripple effects. James Paxton, of course, in, in the starting rotation, that bumps back the guys like Johnny Lasagna and Gumby. Um, it's, there's so many different factors that, that this brings, and I'm really interested to see who will be ready 
come supposedly July 4th when MLB is planning for their new opening day. Obviously, everything's up in the air. Fingers crossed on that for sure. And fingers crossed again for a couple NBA players who also got the Rona now. It comes out again. Of course, we see reports now. I feel like every time I see a report saying, you know, a couple players have tested positive on such and such team, I almost expect one of them to be a star now after the, like the first two times I hear this one time, it's the Jazz and it's Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And then I hear it with the Nets and all of a sudden it's Kevin Durant. And oddly enough, who was he hanging out with a couple days before that? He was hanging out with Drake. So a couple, a couple of big names all hanging out around this virus. And, you know, obviously we wish Katie a, a speedy recovery and everything with that and hope all, all is well for him and his family and any other players or just people out there who get the, the virus. But it's crazy the a- different aspects of the world that this is spread into. Yeah, it's finally hit uh, probably the best. Uh, I'm not going to say probably. We'll see how he rehabs, but the best basketball player in New York in Kevin Durant. Uh, and and three of his compadres in Brooklyn. And, I mean, it is really interesting to see this thing spread out. And that's what's so crazy about the whole thing. You see Sean Payton, the first guy in the NFL, to, to be testing positive for it. And all these guys, and it's not obviously the highest percentage uh, of guys, but it's these people are being tested, and you think, man... <laughs> If these people are being tested and they're positive for it, think about all the people out in the world who who may have already had it and everything, which is one of the craziest aspects of this virus is uh, so many people probably had it and don't even know that they had it. And and that's pretty unreal. And and who knows where that could spread and whatnot. And obviously this takes so much more precedent over any any sports that are going on. But as you as you look ahead and try and target a date, it's, that's what makes it so challenging is the way in which this spreads and the way in which it moves. It makes it so much harder to then target a date of saying, oh, July 4th, let's get baseball back. July 4th, let's get basketball back. It, it makes it hard to really put out a date and to say, oh, we'll get things back here then. Definitely. And, I mean, a guy who would love – for sports to be on time, especially coming up this summer, who who we talked with, Michael Lear, he's the voice of the Aberdeen Ironbirds, and he's sitting there crossing his fingers, hoping that the season will be ready to start come early June, but, you know, you just don't know anything right about now. You really don't. Well, let's check in with him first. Now we got in here with us, on the Empire State of Sports, our esteemed broadcaster for the University of Vermont Athletics and the Aberdeen Ironbirds, Michael Lear. How you doing? I'm great, guys. I'm so happy to see your faces and, and talk to you right now. Very happy to be here. It's been a while. It has. It's. I feel like, you know, the trio of us haven't been on air, quote-unquote, in a scenario since the days of WAER. It, it feels great to have the boys back together again. Certainly are. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, I'm glad to hear you guys are doing well, too, with all this going on. So first things first, how are you doing? Hunkered down like you in a bunker? What What's your deal? Uh, yeah, so we got a uh, a studio office slash regular office in my uh, in my bedroom in Burlington, Vermont. Um, my mom's trying to get me to come home soon, so I might be looking into moving said studio to New Jersey. Um, but basically, 
Um, doing well. Life's been, you know, really weird for everybody over the last couple weeks, and um, sports just coming to a screeching halt has changed my life and pretty much everyone's lives that I work with um, in the athletic department and from broadcasters to facility staff to marketing and social media and communications and literally everybody. Um, so it's been interesting, but um, it's not the end of the world right now for us, and, and there's a lot bigger things going on. So um, without sports, it's been different, but we're we're going to be fine. Well, if your mom does win out and gets you to come back, I, I have heard on good authority from a couple friends who just came back from the other side of Jersey that the George Washington bridge is pretty open right now. Not, not a lot of traffic. So, you know, okay. <laughs> it's uh, nowhere near my route, but I appreciate, you know, if I, if I have to take the GW, thank you for the, uh, the traffic update from down South. You're welcome. Tell you what, as, as a guy who lives in Jersey city and his girlfriend usually lives in Jamaica, Queens, I'm a, I'm a GW expert and it's valuable GW times right now. Too bad. You don't, you don't get to take advantage of that. <laughs> All right, well, if I ever need it, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> you were doing a lot. Obviously, you're, you're the main voice of the Catamounts for hockey, and then you're doing a lot with basketball as well. How, on a scale of 1 to 10, bummed were you just, just for the Catamounts? They were looking for their fourth straight American East championship, and then, and then it looked like they could have done some damage in March. What, what's your disappointment level on, on not getting to see those boys make a little ruckus? I mean, I would I would say when you first started asking, I was thinking ten, but there's, I mean, you got to think about the coaching staffs and Jake Marsh, who's their broadcaster that travels with them, and the athletic department and these lifelong fans and people like that. I mean, it it was just like everybody probably ten. I mean, it was, you started hearing okay, no fans can be there, and that came out on Wednesday morning that there wouldn't be fans at the Americas Championship. And I was like, okay, that's going to be fine. I was honestly thinking that'd be a really unique experience. I was going to um, work for the ESPN2 broadcast that was coming in. And um, that I was you know, bummed that there weren't going to be 4,000 screaming fans in there for UVM's sake. But I thought it'd be kind of an interesting experience to be at a game like that without fans. Um, and then when it came out that there wasn't going to be a game, and then it came out that there wasn't going to be an NCAA championships at all, um, everybody was really shook for a while. Um, and you know, I feel worse for the guys, especially the seniors, um, that had a chance to, as you said, like make noise. And from day one of this season, that was the conversation was, this is the team that is different from a lot of teams. This is a team that's really similar to one that upset Syracuse. Like they have the names, they have the veteran experience and they have a couple pieces that were falling for them. Um, so everybody, Everybody here was pretty pretty bummed, pretty much as bummed as you can be. But at the same time, it was you know, there's so many other things to figure out at that point. Um, but I know, that, and I talked to John Becker, the head coach, last week. Um, they did as much as they could to celebrate the guys. Like they have the Americas Championship T-shirts. Um, they had their dinners and their celebrations, and the guys got to at least celebrate what they would say that they earned the Americas championship and by the rules they did, but also just by what that team was and how dominant they were this year. Now, while the season was still alive, you were on the call for truly an amazing moment in sports. You got Josh Speedell, a guy who was supposed to be one of the best players in UVM history before getting in a nearly fatal car, car crash in January of 2015, putting him into a coma. This this guy has to learn how to walk, how to talk, how to live his life again. And you fast forward a little over four years later, 
He's fought through it all and gets to start against Albany. Puts in a layup for his one and only basket in his college career, shooting a thousand percent. What was it like to be inside Patrick Gymnasium for such a magical moment? It was unbelievable. It was the it was the coolest sports moment I've ever witnessed. Um, I feel like we see you, know, you see videos, you see stories, you see stuff like that, but um, to be there for that moment was so unique and uh, what I thought was cool is I feel like there's so many big sports moments that just come on they just happen and you don't know that they're coming Um, and this was the opposite of that because we knew about a week before we knew for sure that this was going to happen and there was so much build up um, and getting to talk to Josh and his parents and stuff before the game and before it all went down and then that didn't take away. It did the opposite. I think like that added to the moment so much to kind of know that this was coming. Uh, and yeah, I've never, I've never been more proud to be probably a part of anything, but definitely not more um, to be a part of UVM athletics in that moment. It was so cool with, you know, all these things going on. Like there's so many different levels to being a part of college athletics and just being a part of a university, but then to see literally everybody come out and support this one guy who you know was supposed to change campus in a different way than he did, um, but he definitely changed the campus. And I was I was on the call with uh, this guy Bernie Saplicki, who's a, a catamount or former catamount, and um, now lives and works in the area. And we talked about how we wanted to handle the broadcast and what we wanted to say and stuff. And he was like, "I've been a part of this for the entirety of it." So his He's related to one of the coaches, too, so he he knows when Josh was recruited. He remembers every moment of this whole story, and he was like, I don't know when I will be able to talk and when I won't be able to talk because I'm going to cry for two hours, and he did, and it was like, it was so cool to see how much of an impact this one guy can make on the campus, but then also a moment that the university and UAlbany and the NCAA and Americas, pretty much everybody had to be on the same page with the fact that this was going to happen. Um, so it was, it was undescribable. Like I, I didn't say much because I couldn't, it was just so, so cool in that moment. Moments like that remind us how great sports can be. And it's even more highlighted now by the fact that there aren't any sports. So working in the sports industry specifically as a broadcaster, where your job is to call the games when they don't exist, how is this, sports shutdown affecting you i mean for me it's uh it's different obviously it's it's a nice break i don't actually mind necessarily everybody just kind of relaxing for a little bit and staying at home and like just hanging out because as anybody who works in sports knows you have no weekends free you never have a saturday where you don't know what to do and um i was joking that you know the first saturday i have off in six months I'm not allowed to go do anything fun because everything's shut down. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely interesting, and we're working a lot to try to figure out different stuff to do because um, we want to support student-athletes and fans and the community, and we want people not to just be sitting at home miserable that there's no sports, but instead to kind of look back and, and brainstorm different ways to encourage fans to still be a part of UVM athletics and um, you know our partners and specifically the student athletes and the the people that make an athletic department what it is Um, for me it's it's just different and I'm uh, doing a lot of alumni interviews for our podcast and just kind of banking all of those and waiting and seeing really I mean you don't know like only thing we know right now is that there's no more NCAA sports and that the Olympics is not 
going to be a thing. And, you know, the Olympics one doesn't affect my career. The no college sports does. And the problem, or maybe not problem, but just the fact is that the rest of it's wait and see. Like, you really just don't know. Think We think things are going to be on time when short season baseball is supposed to start, but we just don't know. So it's kind of um, rolling with the punches and gives it tons of time to work on your reel, which is exciting. The only thing I had to figure out was how to get my clips from the reel off of a hard drive that was in the office. Um, but other than that, we're uh, we're going to figure it out and it's uh, it'll last who knows how long, but we'll all be very, very excited when sports get back. Now, besides being one of the voices of the Catamounts for hockey and basketball, you're also the voice of the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And that season starting up in early June is is certainly in question. I mean, do you do you have any hopes or predictions or, or are you in contact with anyone on on what the Ironbirds plan is? Yeah, I mean, as of now, I'm fully planning on just going in like normal a couple weeks before and. You know, making sure game notes and all that stuff and rosters and setting up the season the right way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who knows where what's actually going to happen. As My plan right now is basically to take care of this UVM stuff until um, till May or so and then take a step back in May, try to figure that out, and hopefully by then we have an answer on whether or not baseball's starting, whether or not it's starting on time, if we're having every minor league team work or only – you know, half of them or however they're going to do it. And, you know, there's a million conversations and just no answers right now. So um, as far as me, my plan, like I'm planning on going as as normal so far until I hear otherwise because I kind of really have another choice other than that. Now, I did see on your Twitter that, that you have been getting a, a really cool thing together and getting a family happy hour with, you know, about 20 feet away from from your grandparents on the front lawn. How did How has that come about? Oh, dude, the family happy hours are awesome. Um, yeah, so that pretty much happens every day. Somebody, you know, it's not always happy hour. We we have breakfast and coffee too. Um, but just yesterday I called my aunt and um, she was walking with my cousin up to the uh, up to my grandparents' house. And, yeah, they basically – it's awesome. So my grandparents live on this – for anybody who hasn't seen the tweets, um, they live on this first-floor apartment and they have this big yard and like there's a pond right behind it um and my family has been coming and bringing lawn chairs and my grandma will like put on her earrings and her makeup and like come out and sit on the porch and like that's her her outing of the day is to go out on the back porch and everyone's sitting they're probably like 20 feet away and they just catch up with grandma and grandpa and it is uh it's awesome it's such a my family thing to do started with probably three or four family members and then we've had happy hours up to 20. So um, it's getting more spread out with the more six-foot rules, so we're working on, on you know managing our space wisely. Wow, big spatial relations from the Lear family. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool, and um, that's what makes like I'm excited to go home and see all them because um, even if it's only from six feet away, it'll be nice to, to see everyone. Well, it'll be good once eventually once sports comes back and you get to go back go back to the real life of the grind, I guess that's that's going to be a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be – I don't know what, like, the moments will be. I think that's what's exciting for me as a sports fan or, I guess, sports fans in general is where will the moment be where it's like, all right, we're all back. You know, is it going to be, like, a first pitch of some random baseball game or is it going to be um, a big NBA game? Like, I think that's going to be something that we'll all come together and love. And 
it'll be so weird too. It'll be so uncomfortable. Like, oh yeah, we're picking it up where like this team's in this place and this becomes a big game. Don't forget about what happened three months ago. And you know, like those, the stories I feel like with teams and sports are so consistent where it's like, this is the whole season and this is how it goes. And there's little ups and downs, but this is just a big chunk missing. So I can't wait to see, you know, what NHL team makes a run coming off of this multiple month or multiple weeks break. Um, So it's going to be really cool. And uh, I think we'll all, We'll all be happy to be back doing our jobs, even though it's been nice to take a little bit of a break. I think it's going to start to uh, become long pretty soon. That is really true. That's something I didn't think about in that what's going to be the first sport to come back, and that event will be so exciting, and everyone will be in, whether it's an NHL game or an NBA game. I mean, that is going to bring viewers, and maybe it's an Aberdeen Ironbirds game. I mean, who knows? Early June could be you. Yeah, everyone will be tuned in to the Aberdeen Ironbirds and Hudson Valley Renegades, an absolute barn burner at Ripken Stadium. Hey, when they get together, you throw the records out. Yeah, I mean, you throw the records out for sure, especially when they're 0-0 on June 18th, man. <laughs> exactly. What, what is there to have, you know? Every, everybody's been laid off for a while, you know? Yeah, and they all have a new roster than they had the day before by like 15 different players, so really throw the, really throw the, uh, the records out at that point. <laughs> well, thanks thanks again for joining us. It's It's been fun to catch up for our own little happy hour, virtual happy hour. Yeah, a little virtual happy hour. Hey, we're not drinking, though. This is for work. This is a work thing. All right, man? We're keeping it. We're keeping it. I'm putting back a Yeti water bottle right now. Stay hydrated. Thanks again to Big Michael Lear talking a little bit about some March Madness that could could have been, I guess. Four big upset picks for you coming in our sports movie bracket coming up here in a second. But first, Biko, some news for New York's college team. I know they're not using that marketing anymore. But still, New York's college team, Syracuse basketball, Elijah Hughes announcing he's entering his name into the NBA draft. He's going to go through the process now. Mind you, again, couple new changes to keep in mind here, right? Elijah Hughes has not ruled out coming back to Syracuse. Now, in me saying that, I am by no means saying that I expect him to come back. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want anyone to get a false sense of hope. No. In all likelihood, Elijah Hughes is gone. But, in this process now, you are allowed to hire an agent and still come back. That's a new change. So when you hear him hiring an agent, that doesn't mean it's totally over. That's a new change. Also, with this world of corona and potentially its impact on this NBA season and how far things could get pushed back, I think this actually may help his chances of coming back to Syracuse. And here's why. If the NBA season gets pushed back and potentially the summer league gets canceled or postponed or pushed back, that could hurt a second round pick like Elijah's projected to be. That could hurt his potential to showcase himself during that time frame. That also could affect the G League for the subsequent season, you know, how players are getting to look at each other and evaluate each other for the next year. So it's if it looks like he's going to just be thrown into the G League to do his best and f- fight his way through that as a second-round pick or come back to Syracuse, I think that potentially helps the likelihood that he comes back to Syracuse. He doesn't get that opportunity in the Summer League to initially showcase himself and potentially make a training camp. Again, I would still put it at... 10, 15% chance he comes back to Syracuse. It's not a high percentage. He's probably going pro. He deserves to do so. I love the way he did it. He notified all of his teammates 
and all of his coaches first before putting out that Instagram. That's a classy move. He's a classy guy, and I wish him the best of luck going forward. I'm just saying there is that potential. Funny thing you mentioned there, Syracuse not using... Syracuse not saying that they're New York's team anymore. That's like one of the biggest arguments between my girlfriend and I who went to St. John's and St. John's puts New York's team on just about every single part of their campus and and all over Jamaica, Queens. So, you know, I'd say, yeah, St. John's New York City's team. But when you talk about New York State and she isn't here to argue me here, argue with me here. So I'm just going to put it out there. I'd say Syracuse, probably New York State's team. I mean, that's the heart of Central New York right there. I mean, I, Biko, I'm gonna I'm gonna level here. I, I've been to a Syracuse St. John's game in recent years, and again, St. John's wasn't great. It was a home game technically for St. John's. It was sixty forty Syracuse. It's really it's really hard to make the St. John's argument. Right, right. That's in New York City. Yeah. One time, actually, a uh, quick story for you that will further this point. And, you know, no, no disrespect to your girlfriend on this, but, you know, she, she's wrong on this one. I'm sorry. She, she's just wrong on this one. My friend and I, we were out, uh, out out for lunch. Doesn't matter what restaurant. I don't remember. Some restaurant. And our waitress comes up. And I was wearing a Syracuse t-shirt. So obviously, I went to Syracuse. Big Syracuse fan. And my friend had gone to a baseball camp at St. John's. And she comes by and she goes, oh, Syracuse. I love that school. Uh, one of my friends goes there. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know awesome i was i was a senior in high school i'm like oh i'm going to syracuse and she's like oh that's so sweet and she looks over to st john's oh is that is that an all boys school is that is that a high school (laughs) that that's what happens i mean like it's it's all about that brand recognition now it's just some random waitress at a restaurant but i'm just saying it happened um I'm going to get some heat for this conversation. Uh, I'm going to get some heat for this. I'm I'm going to tell you what. I'm not telling her that this was talked about unless she listens about, you know, like 35 minutes into the podcast to to get to this. I think this is... Yeah. I think this is a hot button issue that we could do an entire podcast on. So we'll, we'll put that in our back pocket as we have no sports for the foreseeable future. When it comes back to, to Eli, I, I do think that you know, all this craziness surrounding coronavirus, it does give him a better chance at coming back to Syracuse University. Um, I do agree with you that it's still around like 10 to 15 percent. I think the greatest argument for him pushing through and still pursuing the draft this year in a a year full of uncertainty when you don't know what's going to happen with the with the summer league and with the draft and with the G League is that this is historically one of the weakest drafts in NCAA basketball history. So if there's a time to get into a draft, the time is now. And that's that's the biggest thing, is the lottery is not close to as strong as it has been in the past. And I know Eli is a mid-to-late second-round pick projected right now. I think it might be time to jump in and and secure that that pick and that and that signing instead of waiting for you know, a draft next year where, where there's a lot of other really good players in college basketball who might be going over the same thing. Should I stay or should I go? Uh, I think next year's draft should be incrementally stronger than this year's. One thing that absolutely boggles my mind is how he is projected that far back and how teams are not more interested. His, his game perfectly fits the modern NBA. 
he is exactly what you are looking for. He can guard, you know, one through three, at least. So in the modern era of being able to switch, he can hit the three. And honestly, his three-point percentage, obviously a little low at 34, but he, he had to shoot a pretty high volume of some decently contested jumpers just with the offensive load he was carrying. So I I, I think he's a late first-round pick, and I I look at some of the, the bum names on there, and I, I can't imagine how he goes past them in my head. Now, I know it's not drafted on what you did. A lot of times it's drafted, and it, I should say, shouldn't even say a lot of times. Most of the time it is drafted on potential, but I, I just look at him, and I, I look at a lot more potential than a lot of these other guys. I completely agree, and his rebounding has been tremendous at the collegiate level, especially this year. Um, he can attack the rack, he can bring the thunder down, and and as you said, he can shoot the three, which you need to be able to do in this in this NBA. And and like you said, his three point percentage, sure, thirty four percent, but he was jacking up absolute missiles left and right. I mean, like he was step back pulling up any time he had hit two in a row, he was firing another one because that's what the team needed him to do. And, and that will hurt your percentage. When he is not the, in one of the top three players on an NBA team and, and he's more of a role player, I think that three-point percentage flies upwards of 40% easily. And one place where you also need a great three-point shooting is in the NCAA tournament to pull off an upset. And we have our bracket of 64 sports movies you need to watch while quarantined. And we got a couple upsets. We'll release the first round in the next couple days here. A couple upsets we got here. First round, we both like Airbud over like Mike. Airbud yeah. is a tough, tough twelve seed. They are mean, and don't get me wrong. I love like Mike. Calvin Coolidge is dynamic as a basketball player, especially with those Jordan shoes on. But Airbud brings out a certain childlike nostalgia in me that reminds me of a simpler and happier time. And I think you bring a dog playing basketball into the Twitter sphere, and honestly, it can knock out almost anything. I mean, you think about how much percentage of Twitter content is dog content nowadays, especially in in a quarantined life when people can't go out and, and boop all the good boys and girls out there that they want. I'll tell you what, I think I think Airbud's got some legs in this tournament. And I also if you think about it even too, as like a, a one-on-one basketball matchup, Airbud versus Like Mike. I now I know Airbud can't really play a lot of one-on-one, but as soon as he chews up those shoes a little bit, it, Calvin's really reduced down as a player. A hundred percent. And and you can't stop the dynamic ability that Airbud has to attack the rack. I mean, that is something that I just don't think like Mike is prepared for. All right, another big upset we got. 11 seed over 6, another another common upset ground. Semi-pro over blue ships. And this one was was kind of a layup for for me at least with with Jackie Moon. I don't think you need to say much other than that. Yeah, an, another in the on the basketball side of the bracket. Those those low seeds are absolutely dangerous. And Semi-Pro is one of my favorite basketball movies, one of my even my favorite sports movies of all time. As an 11 seed, Blue chips. I honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say there's about a zero percent chance blue chips can pull this off. I've got semi pro as like a minus three seventy five favorite here. This one might have a little bit of contention surrounding it. I'm going Mighty Ducks over Million Dollar Baby. That's a twelve over a five down in the general bracket. And I know Million Dollar Baby is a really high quality movie, but that flying V formation gets me going and. 
few ways that any other sports movie quite does. Yeah, this is another one that my girlfriend is not going to be happy about. She watched Million Dollar Baby and, and wanted to get into boxing, like, right after that. She didn't, unsurprisingly. But, uh, yeah, Million Dollar Baby, when it comes to quality of movie, that is, that's one of the greatest sports movies of all time. But then you've got The Mighty Ducks, which is one of the most nostalgic when it comes to quality movies of, of all time. And what people need to keep in mind in this bracket is this isn't, bracket of greatest sports movies of all time no 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 it's sports movie madness it's what you need to watch while you're quarantined so it's about desire here it's not solely about quality of movie yeah and as you bring up that it's not all about the quality of movie that's why Slapshot is my last upset it's only a 10 over a 7 over raging bull but Slapshot is one of the worst movies of all time and there's no doubt in my mind it can take down raging bull because the hansen brothers out there just cracking skulls getting in fights on the ice that is a perfect quarantine movie i mean it's bad it is really bad and it's it's awesome and when you're quarantined sometimes you don't you, you can't handle more seriousness you know the, the whole the rona is too serious sometimes you need the comic relief you need something goofy you need something dumb that's when you get a slap in the face from Slapshot. that's what you need I grew up on Slapshot, so that's kind of got my nostalgic vote right there. And and once again, it's it's one of these uh, boxing movies in Raging Bull that it's it's a really great movie, but when it comes to what people want to watch in March in sports movies, Slapshot is just that's I don't know I don't know how long it is an hour and a half an hour forty it's it's an hour and a half or an hour forty of pure fun. And don't don't worry, boxing fans. We're not purely just boxing movie haters. I'm sure Rocky will will make up for this eventually. You know, the, the, the top dog in the arena. But for now, those are our upsets. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll give more information as the bracket progresses, and as more New York sports stuff starts to happen. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure in the next seven days, there is a lot that will happen in New York sports. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have all the hot updates for you. We, we will either provide tremendous information and analysis or we can all communally cry together. Both will be cathartic. Both will be good for the soul. We'll see you next week. See you later.